It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. Well, do you have a little bit of hell in your life? A little bit of fear? A little bit of anxiety and uncertainty? Hey, it's normal. Look at the headlines. But what isn't normal is going through life without trying to get the hell out of your life. And today's show is about an individual that spent 10 years in a prison. I remember when I was locked in a prison. It was a prison in the mind. I had doubt. I had fear. I was trying to please everybody else. I thought I was a loser. But one day, October 23rd, 1998, I was freed from that prison because I turned it all over to God. And today you will hear about a man, Sidney, who walked out of prison after 10 years and today is doing some amazing things because he is free. He is free to become who God created him to be. Let's meet my guest, Sidney Smith. Hello, Sidney. How are you today? I'm good, sir. Sidney, you have a story that people need to hear. You began your journey to crime and drugs in Oakland. Yes, sir. I'm going to let you finish it. Well, I just, you know, just like everybody, I started out young and, you know, just smoking weed and having fun and hanging out, wanting to fit in and, you know, just got carried away and, uh, you know, ended up being a, a very serious drug addict at a very young age, you know, out on the street, uh, homelessness, uh, with homelessness, there's, you know, uh, in, interaction with the police and crime and, and that crime led to, uh, ultimately a 20 year sentence, uh, with the state penitentiary, uh, went to the penitentiary in Louisiana, came over here in Mississippi, uh, you know, and I got here running from the law from California because I didn't want to go to jail. And, and so it just, you know, I sat in a penitentiary here for over a decade and, uh, you know, I thought I knew God, uh, you know, not in and out, accumulating time, violating parole, but just a day for day, you know, 10 calendar years uh, in, in, in the penitentiary. So that's 3,650 days for 10 years. So you're sitting there. What goes through your mind in a period of that time? Uh, are you losing hope? Are you praying for a release? Well, at that time when I went in, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was hopeless, uh, you know, just coming off the street, you know, living on the street, a bum, you know, eating out of garbage dumpsters, just doing what I had to do to survive. Uh, pretty hopeless, you know, labeled, you know, stigmatized, loser, you know, guilty, lazy, addict, just all of those terms were associated with me. And that in and of itself is another bondage outside of addiction. So you're in prison and that's where people like you just described should be. So you failed at home and they're in prison. But was there something inside of you that said, there's more to life than this. I know God has a plan. 
Absolutely. I, I think at, even as a drug addict on the street before the penitentiary, there was always this small part inside of me. And I, I personally believe that every human has that small thing inside of them where I associate it to be the Holy Spirit uh, and just motivating you to, to, to that this is not it, that there's more to life and, you know, you can do better. And uh, and so I continued uh, to try to get up and to dust myself off uh, for all of those years and to try to find some hope uh, to do something different. Now, the penitentiary in Mississippi, are you talking about Parchman? No, I never made it to Parchman, but I did uh, attend. Uh, I was in Greene County. Paint me a picture of a typical day. What time do you get up? What time do you go to bed? What do you do in the meantime while you're sitting there behind bars? It's it's a lousy setup when you really think about it. It is uh, set up for failure almost because there's no real structure. Um, you know, there are areas that you can have a job, uh, but a large proportion of the penitentiary that I was in, there were no uh, ability to work. And so, you know, it was just sitting around in a, in a dorm room every day. Uh, you know, you wake up, you, you do the norms of going to eat breakfast at a certain time, five, six o'clock in the morning. And the rest of the day is filled with nothing, you know, just playing games and gambling and whatever, you know, whatever everybody is doing inside of that building. And, and during the summer, I remember the temperatures, the, the building, the buildings are metal. So the temperatures are raised over a hundred degrees. And, uh, during the winter, the windows are broken. And so it was freezing. And so you're like a caged animal. Absolutely. And, the people that look on the outside, ah, oh, they deserve it. They broke the law. They should be there. But there's something that was in you. It had to be in you that you had a glimmer of hope. You saw something in the future and that started happening in prison. What was the transforming moment where the aha moment that you knew that everything was going to be okay and it may be a little process, but God was going to, going to do something with your life. You know, that, that's twofold for me because the place I was with all of the labels and the stigma um, and the hopelessness of addiction, you know, one of those things were people. Uh, people invested in my life. You know, people said that I mattered. People believed in me when I didn't even have the the, the hope and the faith to believe in myself. You know, I didn't understand what they saw, but they continued to to encourage me and to pray for me and to uplift me. And so the other major part of that is Christ and what he did. His his identity of who I am uh, was transformed onto me, and that seed was planted by other people here uh, that believed in me. And so it took root, and here I am. What is your identity? It's him. It's it's all him. And I, I'm alive to serve him and to serve others and allow him uh, to live through me. So. So when did you walk out of prison? Uh, that was January the 4th, 2010. So that day was a, a day that uh, will always be in your mind, right? Yeah, you yeah. you freedom. Did you walk out? What was the first thing you did when you left? Go get a cheeseburger? <laughs> no, I, I was actually, my wife uh, met me at the, the bus station when they took the chains off. And, uh, you know, freedom was really real for a few seconds. Uh, you know, it, it took me a moment for it to soak in. I mean, you I've been in the penitentiary for over 10 years, day for day. And so, you know, them letting me go is was kind of surreal. And so it took a few minutes for me to really realize that I was free and, 
you know, I just came home and spent time with my wife and uh, and the puppies at our home. So, listeners, uh, you're hearing uh, Sydney Smith crack to convict in Christ to college. I'm reading a copy, the front cover of his book, and we're going to talk about his book in just a minute. So you're out in 2010. So then you had to start getting your life in order. Now, were you a felon? Absolutely. Three state convicted felon. So you were limited, weren't you, in what you could do or even jobs that you could apply for? Well, I thought I was based on the labels, based on the stigma, based on what society says about you. Yeah. So I I believe that. uh, And everybody does. So the world might have one idea of what your future is, but God, the ultimate creator of your future, he knew what he wanted you to do with your life. Absolutely. So tell us what's happening in your life. What have you been up to in those uh, 12 years? Well, those years were filled with um, school. So, you know, that that's where it started. I graduated Teen Challenge uh, back in 2012 or 2011. And from there, I uh, high school dropout, GED, uh, enrolled in Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and uh, graduated there with an associate's degree and immediately transferred into the University of Southern Mississippi And today I'm a two-time graduate of the University of Southern Mississippi. I got my bachelor's in social work. I have a master's in social work. Um, Also an honors college graduate. Uh, So I have a thesis, uh, published thesis, original research. And uh, today I work for the federal government as a licensed social worker. So (laughs) got my rights restored through the Mississippi legislation. Just to, you know, God is and can do, uh, you fill in the blank. Well, you know, one of the fascinating things about your story that affects me to a little uh, degree is years ago, I was not many years ago, three years ago, I was running for the state Senate seat. And you told me something that I was the very first person you ever voted for in your life. Explain that to the listeners. Well, you know, I got my rights restored through the Mississippi legislation and, you know, you just happened to be on the ballot. And uh, so definitely, <clears throat> you know, I knew enough about your character and um, and your values uh, to make that decision immediately when I saw your name. And I knew that you were running. Uh, but, you know, for me never being uh, a voter in the past, uh, you know, I, I wasn't acclimated to educating myself about, you know, the people on the ballot. You know, to be honest with you, at that my first vote, I was just excited to be participating. <laughs> I was excited to get a vote. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't win. But when you told me that, it just, it just, uh, it just made me feel good. I said... It's incredible, Lord. I met this man years before this election, and then he voted for the very first time in his life, and the vote was for me. So there's always been a little connection, and I have Amen. followed you. You know, Sydney, you said a minute ago that the world tries to put labels to define us. There's people out there listening right now that have had labels of of loser, worrier, overwhelmed, no good, you'll never amount to anything. God never gave them those labels. What's the label that God has placed on each of us? Well, he loves us. And one of those labels uh, that I think is most important is that you're his, his child and, uh, and he created you uh, and you have a purpose. And so those are the labels uh, that carry a lot of weight. Um, When you really believe those and embrace them, uh, life has a way of taking on a different, uh, 
a different perspective. And, you know, God can do anything with anybody, uh, anytime. And so it's, it's simply about turning to him, uh, and bowing down and believing. And so things happen. Sydney, a lot of people right now with the state of affairs in the world, you know, rumors of war, possible war, gas prices are going up. Fear and anxiety are probably at its highest it's ever been in a lot of people's lives. But God, from what I understand, like do not fear is in the Bible like 365 times. So what is some encouragement, some inspiration that people are listening right now that are dealing with fear and anxiety? And you went through it 10 years sitting in a prison. Absolutely. And so what I would say to encourage you, um, focusing on all of those things that are going on right here in front of you. I, you know, I'm not absent-minded about what's going on, but in a sense I am. And that's the security and peace of salvation. And, and, and you know, I encourage you to find out what that is because it separates, um, it separates you uh, from the connection of the stress levels of, you know, wondering what's going to happen when it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> you know, projecting into the future about what could. And, and those are those are somewhat wise things to do in certain situations like, you know, money in the bank for, you know, uh, emergency funds and stuff like that. You know, those are all important and they're fundamental things that every Everybody should do, uh, but there's a cutoff, and that cutoff is Christ. That cutoff says when you have Christ and you know that He loves you, you know that the battle is won, you know that you're saved. You know it creates an element of peace that is literally out of this world. I tell people quite often that my relationship with God has been able to like put a Teflon coating on me that the problems of the world just slide off my shoulders because I know whose I am. I know whose hands I am in. And if God has given you and I and everybody listening a destiny and a purpose, then he will, if we allow him, he will lead us to the plan and the purpose for our life. Absolutely. So, I said something about singing. I've had you come to my Christmas City church service. Many times uh, we do a Sunday morning service, and you will do some worship music, and everybody comments, that man is incredible. Have you always been a, a singer? Is music just something that was born out of your incarceration and all the things in life, or is this something that goes all the way back to your childhood? Well, actually, neither. Uh, you know, this is something that is newly developed uh, in my relationship with God. And so it's my way of thanking him, you know, uh, and that's exactly what it is. It's just worship, unadulterated and pure uh, to thank him for changing me. You know, it's uh, it's difficult for me to really process where I was and who I was versus who he changed me into being. And so with that being said, it is just my way of just saying thank you uh, to him. And, uh, and that's what, that's what worship is. And I think when, when that worship is so genuine and real from your heart, which it is, it just filters into the room. And there's a lot of people that would like to worship, but they say, well, I can't sing, but you don't have to, you can just you can praise God while you're mowing or at the gym. You can do your own personal worship, can't We're you? We're worshiping right now. 
Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. This is this is a form of worship. It has nothing to do with you know memorizing words to a song or raising your hands or or even music. It has nothing to do with that. It is an act of the heart. And uh, what we're doing right now, just by you listening, you listeners out there, we're worshiping because everything that is being discussed is centered around him. And that in and of itself is worship. That's it. And our Heavenly Father wants us, his children, to always run to him when we have problems and we have troubles in our life. Now, for somebody out there right now that is on the verge of just giving up and they are listening to you, you can talk to them right now. Sydney, one-to-one, what would you tell that person? Well, the first thing I would tell them is that, you know, I would encourage you and praise you for doing the right things, for being here right now listening. That is the first step. And and the only reason that you're here listening is because God inside of you is saying, hey, you know, go here, do this, find out about me and what I can do to change the situation for you. And so the first thing I would say is, is congratulate you for, for, for listening and, and being here right now. And the next thing is just a quiet place to say, hey, God, I don't know really what they're talking about, but it sounds like they got something that I need. Can you help me with that? Can you, can you really help me, God, help me to understand what it is about their voice, what it is about the hope that I hear that's being translated through the radio right now? I need that, and I know that, that they, they keep saying that you can give that to me. God, I need that. And it's just a small, small cry out from deep within your heart of the sincerity of a need that you know you can't fix. You know, money can't fix, medication can't fix. It's just you having the, the, the understanding being broken all the way down to your wits ends and saying, okay, God, they say you can fix this. I need your help. Now, your worship, you know, there's always a song that a lot of us know that is very personal to us. It means everything. It, 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 it kind of associates where we were and where we went through. Is there a song like that that you just – that just tells everything that you feel to God? Yeah, you know, it changes, though. It's a funny thing, Um, you know, and I think that the Holy Spirit uses music, where I'm concerned, um, to, to, to identify my growth through him. And so when, when he teaches me new things, there's always a song uh, that he places in my, in my heart that exemplifies and exhibits and displays that growth. And so that, you know, for me, just being out of thinking that I was out of his reach and that I had done too much wrong uh, for him to, to, to help me. Um, and, and, and he, he just cut the roof open and, and, you know, when the, when the building was burning down on all sides and I knew that there was no way that I could get out, he rescued me. Sydney, part of my story, and I have it in my book called the promoter. The first half of my life, I was a secular promoter. I would promote, you know, concerts, uh, mud wrestling, you know, beer festivals, anything I could make a buck at. And 22 years ago, I just felt God say, Ron, you're miserable. You're not happy because you're not in your destiny. And I felt him speak to my spirit, Ron, it's time to promote me, to promote God. You're a promoter. All of us that have had this life-changing experience, we love to tell people about what Jesus did for us. And I think it's important in this day and time 
that people need to hear real stories, real struggles from real people, because it's okay to read it and hear a message or a sermon. But when you hear someone or talk to someone like you, Sydney, that has been in the fire, but now you're doing wonderful things, there's something about that that just really sows a seed of opportunity or promise in another person's life. Amen. So your book, tell us about your book. Well, the book, you know, I wrote it in a, in a pretense of uh, whispering about me and screaming about God. You know, it's just what you just got through talking about. You know, I, I'm a promoter too. I don't have that, that registered name like you, but you know, I'm a promoter of Christ. And, you know, for me to say that I am a living modern day miracle of God, uh, is huge. And I know that, you know, after 27 years of addiction, walking the streets, eating out of garbage, dumpsters, penitentiary, you know, and today I've got a master's degree, my rights restored and I work for the federal government. Uh, this is, this is all unbelievably amazing. It really is. Well, I would think what's ironic, you're working for the federal government who at one time put you away. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and that uh, I want to throw this out there too. You know, this is the greatest country in the world. You know, it really is. Uh, My heart is red, white, and blue. And, you know, um, you know, and God changed it to be that way because it hadn't always been that way. You know, I was stuck in the rut with, you know, the, the, the sayings that everybody else has, you know, you can't get a job in this country and I'm a convicted felon and, you know, all of those things. But this is the greatest country in the world. Listen, you know, I, I haven't memorized the Constitution and, you know, and those are the reasons why you think that this is the greatest country in the world because of all of the, the freedoms that we have. And so my reason is a little bit different from yours. My reason is, hey, if I'd have been any other part of the world, any other country and done a fraction of the things that I've done here that have killed me a long time ago. And so this country has not only not done that, they've forgiven me. And now they've not only forgiven me, but they're embracing me here. I work for the federal government. I'm three state convicted felon. So, and listen, this is all I'm not going to say it's against the law, but it is unheard of for me to be licensed um, and have all my rights restored and, and be a federal government employee um, after all that I'm done. What's so. Romans eight twenty eight? All things work together for good. So yes, sometimes, friends, that hell that we have had in our life, I don't care if it's drugs, it's abandonment, it's bankruptcy, it's it's termination, whatever it is, God can take your old and turn it to new. Here's living witness right here inside the studio as we talk today. I love it. I love it, Sydney. You're a you're a fireball, and that's why I always love to have you when I'm speaking or partly uh, at Christmas City to do worship because uh, people can feel your heart. They can hear the sincerity, and that's what we need right now. We need sincere people that have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ to share their story. Amen. And listeners out there, some of you are thinking, well, I need to share my story. Well, go to my website, thepromoter.org, and uh, you can share your story there, and we'll get you on the air Amen. and share your story. How do listeners get a copy of your book and also find some more information out about you to perhaps come and share your story and do some music. And so the, one of the easiest ways to get the book is Amazon.com. Unbelievably amazing. 
Uh, you can also go to Barnes and Nobles online and get the book if you're out of state. Um, finding out about me for speaking engagements, booking, uh, you can go t- just just Google my name, Sydney H. Smith III, spelled with an I. Um, there's YouTube uh, channels on, under my name. Uh, that website is it's up and coming. So okay, well that's good. Well, before we go, a um, couple things. One, how do you get the hell out of your life? Christ, him first, and everything else will fall out of the way. And now I would like you to end our conversation with prayer for people listening. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. And, um, you know, this is going out for our listeners uh, here on the the radio, Father. Uh, We place them before you. You know their needs right now, Father. You know everything about them. You know what they were thinking five minutes ago. You know what they're going to do two minutes from now. And I just pray, Father, that they're able to reach out and speak to you, Father, from sincerity and uh, pure from their hearts, Father, and just ask you for what they need. So in Jesus' name, I pray that you hear them, Father, and, and show them love. Send your angels, Father, to just surround them and let them know that you're in control and still in the driver's seat. In Jesus' name, amen. Sydney Smith, thank you so much for coming by. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Did you know that in the Bible, there's a part where Jesus could not do many miracles because of the unbelief? So my question to you, do you believe that he can help you get the hell out of your life? Because when you believe that and you act upon that, You open the door to an incredible destiny. Opportunities seem to come right into your lap. You hear different. You see different. Your life is different. And the most important thing, my friend, you smile again. It's time that we smile more. We have more joy. We have a reason to have that joy because we have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. Now, here is a phone number. It's one 88 need him. It's part of the Billy Graham organization. You can call for information about how to become a Christian, or perhaps you'd rather go through the computer and just do a little conversation through the keyboard. Go to chataboutjesus.com. Friends, my heart is to help every person get the hell out of their life. Check out my website, thepromoter.org, for my newest blog called Freed from Prison. It shares my story, and there's some inspirational videos, and you can also get a list of all the past episodes of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that I love you, God loves you, and it's time to get the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.